What is up, Real Life family? I love you guys. We have missed you so much. You are incredible. Tell your neighbor you're awesome. Tell your other neighbor you're looking good tonight. Watch yourself. Love you guys so much. How many of y'all are ready for God's word tonight? Come on, y'all. It's been like weeks since we've had real life. Who's ready for God's word tonight? Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray one last time. Y'all remember the story of uh, Saul when he got converted on the road to Damascus? The Lord showed up and knocked him off his horse, and he was blind. You remember that story in the scripture? Well, Cornelius was the man of God that the Lord sent to the renamed Paul to touch his eyes so that he could see. And so, Lord, I'm asking that tonight you would send a message from heaven to touch our eyes so that we can see you in every aspect of our lives. Help us to see you in the unseen places. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, real life. Tonight, the title of the message is Seeing God in the Unseen. I'm excited for tonight's word. Um, tonight, I'm just going to, are y'all ready? Can I just go ahead and preach God's word tonight? Are y'all okay with that? Praise the Lord. I, I believe it's going to bless your life. I know this revelation has helped me when I've gone through difficult times, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. Um, tonight, right off the bat, the first point tonight is God's hand is working in your life even when you don't realize or understand what is happening. That, that is a fact. God is always at work in our lives. Romans 8.28 tells us, and we know that in all things, somebody say all things, in all things, thank you, Justin. We know in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. What does that mean? That means God is always working things out for your good, even when you don't see it. Even when you don't realize it, God is working. It's not just the good things that God's working out. He's working all things, even the difficult times of your life, even the the moments where you don't want to remember the, the memories. God was at work in those situations and circumstances. We're about to enter into a new season of life. Amen. A new semester is about to start. I know some of us are kind of bummed out. Who's ready for summer to be over? Yeah, crickets in the house. Some people are raising their hands. Some people are like, I'm itching to get back to school. That's, that's amazing. God bless you. You're incredible. Thank you for ruining the grading curve for the rest of us. Because um, you're excited about school. Um, we don't know what the next semester holds, but that's, that's my point tonight is a new season of life. You don't know what's going to happen. School starts next week, and we can't foresee the grades we're going to get, right? You don't know what you're going to get in that, that class next semester. Um, we don't know the friends that you're going to have. You don't know the friends that you're going to keep. You don't know the friends that are going to turn on on you and stab you in the back and you're going to lose them this semester you don't know what's going to happen and uh, a new semester means new teachers it means um, new friends new jobs for some of us new memories some of us are going to get a new boyfriend praise the lord ladies um, some of us are going to start new relationships and here's the deal all of this is really exciting right it's i'm i'm excited some of y'all we're freshmen last year, and you're like, praise God, I'm no longer a freshman. Amen. Can I, can I hear you? Um, 
But here's the exciting part, and the reality is this. A new season of life can be confusing. A new season of life can be confusing. Um, we'll experience things this semester we've never experienced before, so we won't fully understand what we're going through. And psychologists say that we fear what we don't understand. And so there's going to be things that we were, we're going to experience and feel and, and be afraid of this new season of our life. And that's why Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. And to lean not on our own understanding in all of our ways, submit to God and he'll make our path straight. Amen. That's God's word. Some of you will be driving for the first time. Who, who's got their learners and you're going to get your driver's license officially in the next couple months? Praise the Lord. The next time you're driving with your mom or, or your relative or whoever's important enough for you to be able to be behind the wheel, I bet your mom would start freaking out if you start singing, Jesus, take the wheel, take it from my hands, right? I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go, right? You're going to enjoy that. That'll freak your mom and dad out. That'll be fun. Some of you are going to start dating for the first time in your life. Hey. Yeah. Ladies, can I just give you an option? Um, if, you, if you need this, can I be your sur surrogate spiritual father? If you need me to put the fear of God in some little boy, if, if you need me to do that, praise the Lord, I will be glad to do that. If you need me to teach him that if he touches you, if he breaks your heart, if he does you wrong, I will break him in half. Can, I will do that for you. Praise the Lord. I don't mind. That is, that is a part of the role and responsibility of a youth pastor. Praise the Lord. In all seriousness, um, some of you were, you're actually going to make the team for the first time this semester. Like some of you are actually, your gifts and your talents and your abilities are actually going to be seen by someone like a coach or a drama, whatever you call it, drama coach, like a lead theater teacher is going to put you in the lead role. Can I tell you that if you make the team this semester, will you please give us your schedule because the real life staff and leaders want to come and support you. We want to be at the play that you are putting hard work and effort into. We want to be a part of your extra extracurricular life at school in all seriousness. But here's the deal. As we start a new semester, I, I want to remind us real life you. I want to remind you of who you are tonight. And tonight, I want to tell every single person that can hear my voice right now, you are absolutely loved by an awesome God. You are 100% unconditionally loved by God. He loves you with all of his heart. Romans 8.39 lets us know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. I want to tell somebody in this room, I want to remind you of who you are. This summer, I hope you didn't forget that you're called by God to change the world. That's who God has called you to be. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we are God's masterpiece. He's forming and shaping you. He's doing things in your life. He's chipping some stuff off that doesn't need to be there. And he's putting some stuff into you that needs to be there because you're a masterpiece in God's eyes. You're important. You're, you personally are an important part of this family, this body of believers that we call Real Life Student Ministries. Without you, real life is not the same, which means you are important. You're a special. And, and here's the deal. 
knowing who you were created to be and knowing what you're called to do does not prevent confusion in this life. That's, that's the hard part is when you know who you are and you know what you're supposed to be doing, that doesn't mean there's no confusion because I know who I am. I know who God's called me to be, but there are some confusing things that I've had take place in my life. I, am I the only person in this room? Does anybody testify and say, I've been through some confusing stuff, Pastor Jonathan? Come on, y'all be with me tonight. Especially when you're entering into a new season of life that you've never experienced before. But tonight I want to remind somebody, God's always at work in your life and in mine. And just because God is working in our lives doesn't make it easy to see it. Just because he's always at work, it doesn't mean it's really easy to see it. Sometimes it's hard to see. And if you wonder why, it's because Isaiah 55 tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are much deeper than our thoughts. It, he is so much beyond us that like the way he works in our lives is different than the way we think. In other way, another way to say this is how you want something to go down in your life, God may want it to go down a different way. And so many times when things don't go the way we think they should, it's actually God working in our lives and we don't even realize it. It's amazing. I remember a time in my life, just I just graduated high school and I spent all of my college visit days, I've, I've shared a little bit of this story before, but I spent all my college visit days scrimmaging with this basketball team in a, in a Christian college in North Georgia, and man, I was excited. I thought I was going to fulfill my dream to hoop in college, y'all. It was going to be awesome. I, I love ball is life. I love to hoop. Just ask Will and Jonah just the other day. I beat them so bad that they walked out of the gym crying like little girls. It was awesome. I was offered a spot on the team. I had that moment with my dad and the coach, but the coach told me he wanted me there because that's where God wanted me to be and not because of basketball. And as soon as he said that, I was confused because I thought basketball was the gift God had given me to shape my life. But in that moment, I felt the Lord strongly saying no saying no to my dream to play college basketball. He asked me in that moment to sacrifice my dream, my hope, my ambition. And in that moment, I was confused because I'm like, man, I got this gift. Why can't I use it, Lord? But he said no. And in that moment, I was obedient to the voice of God, and I declined the position on the team. I said, Coach, I wish you hadn't have said that because the Lord just told me no. And so I, it wasn't an easy choice for me. I was confused in the whole process. But looking back now, I realized that if I had taken the position, man, I would have missed the opportunity to start a relationship with Jubilee. I would have missed the ultimate experience of my life, being married to the woman of my dreams, if I hadn't been obedient to God in a confusing situation. And so tonight, young person, as we start a new semester and enter into a new season of life, I want you to learn that it is so important to learn how to see God at work in your life, even when things don't make sense. This semester, it is so important for us to lay a foundation as real-life students to see God at work in our lives, even when it's hard to see. Abraham, this is the story we're going to look at tonight in Genesis 22. Abraham was given a promise from God that he would be the father of many nations, but the problem was this man was old. He was like 100 years old, and his wife was unable to have children. She was barren. 
And, and so he was given this promise that he was going to be the father of many nations, but there were all these struggles, all these obstacles, all these challenges, but he believed God, and eventually his wife gave birth to their son named Isaac. The supernatural took place. It was awesome. And the story goes, the miracle dream of a promised son had come true, and then comes something really confusing in Abraham's life. Because in Genesis 22, starting in verse 2, it says, God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there. Kill him. What? What? That is crazy. Sacrifice him on the mountain that I show you. Early the next morning, what did Abraham do? He immediately obeyed. And he got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And he cut enough wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. And I want you to hear this. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Tonight, I've come to help someone understand that just because you've had a victory doesn't mean you won't be tested in a major way in the near future. Just because you've had a victory in your life, you've had some breakthrough in your life, man, as soon as something good happens, you better believe that's as soon as something bad's about to happen. Man, when the test comes, don't allow the test to confuse you into thinking God is still He's not actively at work in your life because that's what happens. Many of us, we think, man, we did something really awesome and life is good. And when life is good, God is for us. But when something hits the fan and everything starts falling apart, man, God has abandoned me. He's left me. He doesn't love me anymore. But the fact of the matter is this. God is always at work in our lives. Another memory that I have is when we were playing high school basketball, we played in a region, some of y'all can relate with this, where um, our school was the smallest school in the region, which meant when we played, we played, we were the smallest squad on, in the whole region. We had region games where um, there were like three or four Division I athletes already signed at their school of choice, and we were expected to beat those people, and we were the smallest squad in the whole region. And I remember vividly, our basketball coach, we, we were a good team. Even though we were small, we ran and shot the ball like the daylights. It was awesome. And um, we did well in the region. But every time we would win a big region game, our coach would practice us harder than we've ever practiced the day after we won. And all of us on the team, like, we were thinking to ourselves, Coach, what is your problem? We just won big for you. Why are you going to hurt us like that? Man, he would put us on the line, and he'd say, y'all are running until you're throwing up. And we would run and push and run, and he ran us extra because he wanted us to be ready for the next big challenge. Because he saw the next region game would be even harder to win. And at the time, we all thought the coach was crazy, and we thought he was mean. But eventually we realized he did that to help us reach our future and succeed. He had a, a vantage point that was farther than ours. He could see, not just in the moment, but he could see in the future that we needed to get stronger for the future. And that's what happens a lot of times when you succeed, when you have a win, and, and something comes your way, it's because God is preparing you for your future. God has not called us to be comfortable real life. God will shape us through 
shape us the most. He'll shape us the most through life's most difficult circumstances. But the key to that is seeing him even when it's hard. He knows. God knows what your future holds. And he knows what you can handle real life. It's easy to think that God is not at work in your life when things start falling apart and stuff starts going crazy. Man, it's, it's stuff like parents signing divorce papers and having to, to be put in a position where now you have to decide which side of the family you're going to live with this next semester. Man, you may get diagnosed with diabetes. You have to change your life habits. Maybe, you fa maybe failure happens. Maybe you messed up this summer and you messed up big time and the consequences start to come. Some people, when that, those types of scenarios take place, they naturally think that when tough times come, God left you in the difficult situation you're facing to deal with it on your own. God must be mad at me. He must have rejected me. God must not want to use my life anymore are the natural thoughts that, that pop into our head. But God sent me tonight to say to somebody, we need to stay woke to the fact that when life gets hard and when things get confusing, God is still at work in the unseen preparing us for our future. You got to wake up to see that God is at work even in the difficult parts of your life, real life. Amen. Y'all got to stay with Are y'all with me tonight? Praise God. You may be facing something this semester. This semester might be one of the hardest semesters of your life. But I'm, and you may be tempted to think that God's abandoned you, but he will never leave you nor forsake you, real life. You've got to hold that tightly to your chest. Abraham was finally starting to see his dreams come true. He had a miracle son that he never thought was even possible. Maybe you had the most incredible summer of your life. Maybe you got the job and you've got some money in your pocket now, praise the Lord. Maybe you act she actually agreed to start dating you, praise God. She, she must have overlooked your look. <laughs> we can learn from this story, real life, that if you can finally start to see your dreams coming true, the next moment could be the realization that those dreams could be put to death. You've got to realize that. And God is calling us to be people of faith this semester. He's calling us, as Hebrews 11 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. And if things were always easy, there would be no reason for faith. And Hebrews says, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. And so God wants to instill a faith within us from the very start as we enter into this semester that no matter what circumstance comes our way, no matter what the devil tries to throw at us this semester, we're going to recognize and realize and stand saying, I don't care what comes my way. I'm going to believe that God is at work even when I don't see it in my life. Abraham had his son and then God told him to sacrifice it. On the mountain. It didn't make sense. But Abraham kept his faith in the midst of the confusion. There will be some things that happen this semester that won't make sense. I promise you that. But God is calling us to hold on to our faith when it's hard, to see God at work in all of it. The scripture tells us Abraham said to his servants, Stay here while we go 
and worship, and then we will return. Abraham was saying, this is, this is my interpretation. He was saying, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I know you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I know you're going to do it. I don't know who's in this room that needs to adopt that phrase for your life. But you're going through something, and you don't understand why it's happening. You're confused, and you think God's left you. You need to adopt that statement and start telling the enemy of your soul that I don't know how my God's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. Because he has not left me. He will never forsake me. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Someone needs to get that in your spirit. Because if you walk into a new season of your life defeated from the onset, man, the enemy's going to have a heyday with you. But if you walk into a new semester with a confidence, with a boldness, that I don't know how God's going to change my circumstance, but I know he will. Man, that faith will be unstoppable. Tonight, here's what happened. Genesis 22, verse 6, it says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. I'm going to invite the band to come. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, he's like, hey, yo, dad, um, excuse me. I notice you've got the wood and you've got the fire, but where is the lamb for the burnt? Isaac was smart enough to know something's missing here. There's something not right about this whole situation. And Abraham replied, uh, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering son. And the two of them went on together. I think it's very interesting in this story. Isaac didn't see the sacrifice. Isaac never heard the voice of God in this situation. Many of us are going to face things this semester where you're not going to necessarily hear the voice of God audibly. But Isaac was like, Dad, um, what's going on here? And the cool thing in this story is this, and this is what I connected, and I thought it was really awesome about God's word. Isaac didn't try to figure things out on his own. This semester, when you're in the middle of confusing times, you need to listen to those who are hearing the voice of God clearly. Abraham was hearing the voice of God clearly. And Isaac had not heard the voice of God. But instead of being isolated and in his own strength, saying, you know what, I got this, I'll take this on my own. I'll do this in my own power. He, said, he went directly to the person who was hearing from God and said, hey, what's the deal here? I don't understand. What am I trying to say tonight? What are you talking about, Pastor Jonathan? I'm trying to say this. You don't ask a 350-pound fat person to be your first personal trainer real life. If you're trying to get in shape physically, you don't ask someone who is a couch potato to get you in shape. I'm going to Brooks because he is a, a certified ranger. He is stacked on stacked. And if I want to get in shape, I'm asking him because he knows how to get me there. Can I get an amen for Brooks? Amen. I love you, bro. <laughs> so what? How, some of y'all still don't get it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it like this. Stop asking people who are not in tune with the voice of God to help you make ma major decisions for your life this summer, this, this semester. This semester, your inner resolve and your conviction has to be greater than the outer circumstance that try to confuse us and distract us from seeing God at work in our lives.
See, many times when we get confused, we don't understand what's happening. The very first person we go to, it's natural. It's our best friend. But they're just as confused as you are. And so you need to get to somebody who is hearing the voice of God. No matter what it may look like, God is at work in the unseen. And here's how the story finishes. It says, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son. That's crazy. Y'all, I baptized my son this Sunday. It was an incredible experience. And baptism is such a powerful display because when you go under the water, it is a symbolism of death. And as a father, I baptized my son. I put him under the water. And y'all, I was holding back my feelings like crazy because tears were wanting to flood out of my eyes. But I was trying to be, you know, that man. You know, I'm a man. There's a bunch of people watching, and I don't want my son to see his dad crying like a baby. But in that moment, all it was was a symbolic thing. And my heart was broken. So I imagine in this story, when Abraham is literally tying his son up, about to sacrifice him, man, I don't think he was being like all nonchalant like this. He was probably crying. In my imagination, when I read God's word, he, he knew he was going to obey God. And so he tied, he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his own son. But the angel of the Lord called out, Abraham, here I am. He replied, don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. When he went over to the ram, he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. What a great ending to the story. I believe this is a semester where the Lord is going to provide supernaturally for each of you. If you determine to see him in the unseen, if you determine to see him when it gets uncomfortable, man, shortly after I played college, I, I stopped and said, I'm not playing college basketball. I sacrificed that. Man, that's when Jubilee and I started dating. Man, that's when she said, yes. I said, can I take a queen out to lunch? Because she won homecoming queen. And that girl said, absolutely. And that's where it all started. Praise, praise the Lord. It was awesome. We dated for two years. Awesome. We feared the Lord. Y'all, it took me nine months to get the courage to kiss her. Man, I knew, I knew she was so full of godliness and purity that if I even sneezed wrong, she'd drop me. I was afraid. And you better believe when I kissed her for that first time, I was like trembling. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. Whew. Two years of a healthy, God-fearing relationship. And what happened is God called us after two years to get into a ministry program. We didn't really realize the, the level of sacrifice that was going to be necessary. But this ministry program called us to, we could not date. If you had a previous relationship, you had to lay it on the altar of sacrifice. 
And for nine months, the woman of my dreams, I got to see across the room but never speak to. It was one of the hardest seasons of my life that I've ever experienced. But real life, tonight I'm here to testify. I learned that the hard path is usually God's path for our lives. The hard way, you never learn from the easy teachers. You learn from the ones that challenge you and push you. The hard way is usually God's way. And as this semester begins, you need to be encouraged that the power of God will manifest when we release control and trust Him in the confusion. I was confused. God, I did everything right in this relationship. Why do I need to sacrifice it? Abraham was confused, but he didn't allow the circumstance to prevent him from believing that God was in control. See, I believe that God's calling us to something great this semester. He wants a deeper level of commitment from us. He wants us to do something supernaturally. He wants to do it in us and through us. And for that reason, he'll call us to make some sacrifices this semester. Maybe even now, before the semester begins. But I believe the, the greater the sacrifice we are willing to make, the greater the blessing we're able to receive from God this semester. Did you hear that? When things get confusing and you don't realize or understand why God is calling you to do certain things this next semester, the greater the sacrifice you give him, the greater the reward's going to be. You guys can visibly see the result of my personal experience with sacrifice. Trusting God when I didn't see how it was going to work or why he was leading me to do things this after nine months of placing my relationship with Jubilee on the altar. Her last name was Brown and she stood, waited for me as she crossed the finish line and she gave me the biggest hug when we both finished and completed the sacrifice God had called us to and a room of 800 plus people just erupted with, with praise because they knew that God had put us back together. Man, I, you better believe I asked her to marry me quick. And after 14 years of marriage and three beautiful children, I've been blessed beyond any sacrifice that I made in those nine months. Amen. But here's what I've learned, and I'm going to invite the leaders to come up real quick. This is what I've learned. And you need to, to remember this. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will remind you at times this semester when things get confusing. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will remind us of this truth. What you hold tightly to will eventually be taken from you real life. But what you release to God will be given back to you to an even greater extent. I want you to let that sink in. What you release to God will be given back to you at a greater extent. But what you hold on to, man, that can be taken from you. This semester, God wants us to see him in the unseen, in the areas of our lives where most people think he's simply not at work. Some of us in this room tonight are being called by God to sacrifice something. You can sense it in your spirit that this semester, God's wanting you to make some hard decisions. I want you to stand to your feet as we close. He's calling us to make some choices that, that might not make sense to an unbelieving world. I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment. God, we, we ask that you would open us up to what you're calling us to this semester. God, I thank you that 
you love us so much that you sacrificed your son on Calvary's cross so that we could have eternity with you. Some of us in this room need to sacrifice lust so that you can have love in your future. Some of us need to sacrifice greed so that you can have a blessing. Some of us need to sacrifice popularity so that you can actually have real influence. Some of us need to sacrifice fleeting moments of fun so that you can study and have a future with your education. It may not make a lot of sense in the moment, but God is at work in your life even when you don't see it. I promise that if you're faithful to God in times of confusion, God will eventually lead you to times of understanding. After the ram was provided, this is what happened. God told Abraham, because you withheld nothing from me, your descendants will be as numerous as the sand on the shore and the stars in the sky. And I'm here tonight to communicate, if you give God your whole heart, he will give you the desires of your heart this semester. Jesus understood that God was at work in the unseen. Man, he was hanging on Calvary's cross. The same people that sang Hosanna were the same people who crucified him. I bet that was confusing. His disciples weren't there for them. He, he was abandoned, left by his closest friends. But Jesus understood that God was still at work in the unseen. And that through the brutality of the cross of Jesus Christ, he was still at work securing our eternity. So right now in this moment, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one talking or being a distraction, you're in this room tonight and you realize, man, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice so that you could be free and, and you haven't taken advantage of that. You've lived your life for yourself and you've lived your life in bondage to sin and you know that God wants you to be free. There's more to life than the than the fleeting moments of pleasure that sin brings that only leave you empty and disappointed afterwards.